Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. I, I, I like I like shaking things up every now and then. And uh, I thought with it being Father's Day and all, I'd love the opportunity to invite up in a moment three men that I really admire. They all happen to be fathers and we may throw out a Father's Day question or two, but the real thing that I wanna do is connect with men that I have the honour to do life with and to see what God would reveal along the way. See, the great thing about being just a member of a church is that we get to brush up alongside one another and hopefully what should happen is we should inspire one another to continue to grow and take ground together. And so yes, this is Father's Day. Yep, we're gonna have some gifts for dads on the way out. But even more than that, I think every day is an opportunity to be about the Father's business, which is exactly what Jesus did when He was found in the temple at 12 years old. And the Father's business is to help people encounter God for themselves, encounter Him for themselves, and to continue the journey of growing with Him along the way. And so with that in mind, I'd love to invite up three dads um, who I didn't end up sending questions to. I'm just gonna be making it up as we go. They're not nervous at all. They're not scared. They, they, they're gonna get easy questions that won't, won't boggle them or, 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 or stop them in any way, shape or form. But I'd love for you to extend your hand as we invite up the amazing pastor, Robert Nasavimbo. Come take a seat with us. Come on. I love it. Could I also invite up one of my greatest friends, the man, the myth and the legend, Pori Gould. Come on, Pori. He takes off the hat, but he doesn't take off the headphones. Pori, you do everything with style and I appreciate the fact that you're wearing shoes today. (laughs) And long pants, feel free to take a seat. And a man that I admire and respect so much in the journey of faith. Uh, I want to extend an invite and honour to Chris Oakton, who not only drums with rhythm, but does everything with boldness and grace. Honour you, Chris. Come, take a seat, men. Very good. Let's, let's sit down and uh, let's flow as if this isn't a conversation we're having up in front of everybody else. So, gentlemen, could we just test that our microphones are working first off. No, no, that's the easy way of doing it. I'm gonna ask you a question. We, we sort of double up on these things. It sort of, it, it, it appears like they've practised it all. We're gonna test that your microphones work by, if you wouldn't mind, just, uh, I've introduced your name, but if you could just share with everybody uh, what you do in the marketplace and then what qualifies you as a father, which I assume is that you are a father of children. And so how many children you have and then how long you've been married would be great. So Chris, oh, oh, oh yeah, this is the test. This is the test. So, so Chris, what, what do you do in the marketplace? All right, for me, I am an industrial painter, so I don't paint houses for a start. Um, yeah, for an example. Yeah, I saw I get that out there. I'm like, oh, you paint houses, you paint yeah, no, cars. Don't, don't no. come and ask him at the no. end of the service. So an example of something that um, I've painted is the Perth Stadium. So all the steel work there. Not all of it, but yeah. Did you put your is... signature on there? I wish. Oof. Probably get told off. <laughs> um, what qualifies you as a father? I've um, got three boys. Oh, Three boys. Yeah. Come on, eldest? How, how oldest? old? 
Zaya is nine. Yep, middle. Going ten. Aslan just turned six. Well done. And Tate's going two, three. He got that right? Yeah. Because oh. he's going three. He's going three. And then how long have you been married for? Twelve. Well done. Got the nod of approval. Yes. Now, Pori, I believe that your wife is out serving faithfully in kids' church today. So the truth is you can say whatever you want and we're going to believe you. No, she's here. She's in here. Uh, no, Steph's oh, here. Oh, good. Oh, Mom's in the house. Yes, yes. You are on the clock now. All right, so Pori, what do you do in the marketplace? Ah, uh, so what do I do in the marketplace? <laughs> so we roast, roast some coffee. Um, we play with coffee shops and we play with chocolate as well, a little yeah. bit, bean to bar chocolate maker. And um, yeah, generally get excited about any, any like little ideas and um, chasing rabbit, rabbit trails. But uh, coffee, definitely, chocolate, that's us. That's it. Yeah. What qualifies you as a father? Okay, I've got four kids. Well done. I've got, thank you, two boys, two girls. Good pretty, split. Pretty awesome, yeah. And what are the age ranges? So the age range from one to ten. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I'll let you pass it. How, how long have you been married for? <laughs> Ball, ballpark figure. It feels like just yesterday. Um, <laughs> Brownie points. <laughs> if I was to guess, I'd say somewhere around... 12 years, I, th I think it'd be similar. Oh, we got it right. Ooh. Congratulations, dude. I love it. Awesome. Hey, it's good to see you squirm a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and Pastor Rob, uh, if we could just throw it to you, what are you doing in the marketplace? So uh, Rob, Rob is recognised, uh, especially by me as a pastor, uh, but one of the things I admire most about Rob in his role as a pastor is he also manages... Uh, something significant in the marketplace. And uh, so, Rob, what do you do in the marketplace? Um, I'm in transport and logistics. We yep. run a transport company. Um, we transport almost anything that needs almost to be transported. Anything. Even dead bodies, if you're good. <laughs> well, there you go. Just, just joking. If you ever need them transported, you know who to ask now. Don't ask Chris to paint your house. Get Pori to make coffee for you. And transport anything. <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah, basically anything. That the, the heavy haulage, mostly. So what qualifies you as a father? Well, I've got uh, three daughters. And, um, well done. My wife qualifies me as a father. Yes, well done. And, yeah. And, and what's the age range of your daughters? Uh, 21, almost 16 and almost 12. Ooh, he knows this stuff. Yeah. And how long have you been married for? 23 years. Did you get it right? Hey, I, I, I like how we unintentionally did this. We've got a, a dad of three girls, we've got a dad of three boys, and a dad who split the difference. <laughs> well done, gentlemen. We planned this from the beginning of time. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we are going to flow. We, we, we do have some Father's Day related questions, but this isn't just about Father's Day. These are men that I admire and that inspire me in many different ways. So I have some questions along that lines, but just to flow on with the Father's Day theme. Uh, gentlemen, just to set the scene, and I'm sure some dads in the house or father figures can honour and appreciate this moment. Father's Day gifts are sometimes the most interesting gifts to receive. 
Because there seems to be sometimes often great deal of thought and input that goes into our Christmas gifts or our, our birthday presents. But the Father's Day gift is that unique beast that you seem to get something that is meant to be useful, but sometimes is very unuseful. And so have you ever received a Father's Day gift that you have had to say to the children, look them in the eyes and say, with as much sincerity as you can produce, thank you so much. I've always wanted one of these. But deep down in your heart, you're going to throw it in the bin the next chance you get. (laughs) And I won't pick on all of you, but any men, have you ever received a Father's Day gift that was destined not to stay with you? I'm guessing that most of them went in the bin, but you don't tell the kids that. Um, well, today, this morning, like, as I had a series of, he had this poster that he had done, he had all these questions, and this morning he wrote an answer. He's like, your dad is as fast as, and he wrote a snake. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why a snake. Out of all the animals that can run fast, he's like, my dad is as fast as a snake. That's okay. an example. I'm and mention loves Pokemon, so he, he said, Happy Father's Day and draw a picture of Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris. Yeah, we... They give you what they like. Father's and Mother's Day stuff, it's just so random. It's awesome. <laughs> does anything come to mind, gents? I've got something if nothing does. A well, pen. Definitely said. art comes in there. And you oh, gotta, yeah. you know, art's a, a tricky thing. A tricky um, thing. <laughs> how long, do you, where do you display it? You know, um, <laughs> how long it hangs with you. Um, you know, the, the inherent value, you know, is it going to be worth more? <laughs> it's, um, I love how you're critiquing this. Yeah, art, art's tricky. It's, yeah. it's, it's quite abstract, so... Um, but it, it's fun, I guess. I like it. The, the Father's Day gifts I like because they're, they're a little snapshot in time, you know, and yeah. so they might not be with us forever, for like some of the art pieces, but they're hilarious, like being as fast as a snake. Everyone wants to be as fast as a snake. I, had, I do. I, uh, my daughter wrote down that I was 48. I'm actually 44. Oh, and, uh, there you go. And there was a, a list of things I love about my dad, and that, that one was blank. So I was like, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I didn't know oh, how to go with that. Day. So I love it. It's awesome. I love it. It's so good. It's so good. Rob, does anything come to mind for yourself? <laughs> yeah, actually, she's here and, and Courtney's here. I'll talk about both of them. She's yeah. not in here. <laughs> I got a tie one year. Now we're uh, talking. It's, uh, how often do you wear ties, by the way? That time I actually used to wear ties. Oh, okay. There we go. But the colour of the tie, <laughs> I couldn't wear it with anything. But <laughs> but I had to wear it. Yes. Yeah, I looked like some Christmas tree. It's... Oh, my gosh. But I, lo- I still actually still have the tie. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I still have it. I kept it. But I just don't have anything that matches the tie, that's all. Oh, I love it. I love it. I, I once got given... Some, some socks, darling, that I don't know whose idea they were, that had little chilies on them and I never opened them up from their package. Yep, there we go. They disappeared. Disappeared. Somebody's rocking them from the salvos. All right, gentlemen, just to throw this out there, uh, last Father's Day related question, then we're going to pivot 
onto something else. Gentlemen, if I could just ask you, what does being a father mean to you? And then what difference does it make? What has it made to you? So what has it meant for you? What does it mean to you to be a father, first and foremost? And then what difference has that made in you? And I realise we're still all on the journey together. We're still allowed to learn as we go. Um, but the challenge is to continue growing as a father. So uh, Rob, could I start with you? I'm going to go in reverse here. So what has it meant for you to be a father and what difference has it made to you? For me personally, being a father is, means restoration. Hmm. I, I lost my first one. Yeah. So having Tanya was a restoration. Yeah. And um, it meant everything. I, I made up my mind that I'm not going to waste a day. Yeah. I will cherish every moment. I always watched it. She was sleeping. Yeah. In our culture, men are not very involved in raising children. But when my daughter was born, I made up my mind that I am going to go against all tradition. Come on. And I will be involved in every single little thing. Come so on. with all my daughters, I was involved. You know, the funniest thing was whenever they were young, when they wanted to go to the toilet, they never woke their mom up. It was always dead, I want to go to the toilet. <laughs> like Tanya, her room was closer to the toilet than it was to our room. But she would <laughs> leave her room and come and wake me up to take her to the toilet. I so, yeah, that's, that's just what it meant to me. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, I'm going to touch back on that in a moment. But just so everybody heard right, Rob mentioned that he lost his first family. Uh, and God blessed him with restoration. But I'm going to touch back on that uh, in a moment or two. Pori, what, what has it meant for you to be a father? And, and what difference has that made to you? It's one of those things that it's hard to explain. Uh, it sounds a little bit cliche, but it, it truly is. It was profound. I think uh, when Steph and I first got married, we started with like a puppy. We thought, that's, that's great. We're a little family. We have, we have our puppy. Um, but I remember when Seton was born, it was this feeling of kind of forever. There was this little part of you. There was this little human that was going to go on further than you. And I never felt, in, in some ways, like it, there was this sense of yet yeah, something that was going to go on beyond you. But I was so vulnerable and the little baby was so vulnerable. And so um, it was this really interesting tension point between this, this hopeful future and this incredibly um, vulnerable, beautiful little person who's now looking at you as dad. Like, yeah. you're, you're it. Yeah. So, like, the drive out of the... Um, remember, really distinctly, the drive leaving the hospital, like, seat belts on, everything's on. I'm, I'm usually safety second all day. But I was, I was looking left and left and right and like slow down, guys. Like it was, I drove so slow the way home, wow. and was just like ultra aware of just everything around that we've got this little bundle that we've got to get back. Yeah. And um, so it's I don't know, it's it's hard to explain, but it does change your life, and you, you become um, vulnerable and exposed and. Um, almost immortal at the same time. You know, this is mm. a bit of you that's going forward. It's cool. It is. It's very cool. 
Chris, what about yourself? So what has it meant for you to be a father and what difference has it made to you? Ooh. Yeah, so for, for me, what it means to be a father is to know when to be hard and then also to know when to be soft. So like the old school way of like men are always tough and this is what we do, da, 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 da. I think we need to show our kids that we can be soft and we can show them that we love them on their level as well. Mm. So I think that's a big thing for me. What difference has it made for you? What difference? Um, the day that we had Isaiah is a real special moment for me, or for both of us. Credit to my wife. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so short story. My, fa- my birth father left when I was three years old. Yep, done. But when we had our first son, Isaiah, I was overwhelmed. And I grabbed one of my tears and I anointed him with my care that I'm not going to leave you. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a special moment for me that I don't, I'm not going to be what my father was yeah. to me. Yeah. I'm going to be the opposite. Yeah. I'm going to be there, celebrate them, cheer them on. Yeah. And the biggest thing is tell, tell my kids that I'm proud of them. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. Especially for boys. You know, fathers need to tell these sons that they are proud of them. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah, that is. That is. We're going to touch back on that. That is a huge thought. Oh, man. You know, I'm just thinking about the, the power that fathers, but not just fathers, if I can just spread it a little bit broader right now. Father figures, people that we look up to that have the opportunity to speak into our world. And for those of us who really step into what it means to be a father, it's about looking or embracing those moments when they come up. And I just wanted to just pivot a little bit, men, instead of focusing on the children that you get to parent, if you could just think for a moment to a point, whether it was in your childhood or, or formative years, and that could be as early as your 20s or so, where you could have really benefited from somebody speaking into your world. Because that's often the honour that sometimes fathers or father figures have is that they can insert themselves at different points and speak into the lives of those that uh, they're around. Think of yourself for a moment. Think of a pivotal moment in your life. And you now, as if you now could go back to that moment with everything that you've learnt about what it means to be a father and what it means to care for others and be sacrificial. What would you say to yourself in that pivotal moment? What would that pivotal moment be? And what would you say to yourself? Just while you're thinking, for me personally, I remember grade six, for whatever reason, I shot up to nearly six foot and I just got bullied incessantly for the entire year to the point where I was wagging school, feigning sickness. And I'd been taught never to fight back, just go to the teacher. And none of that was fixing the problem for me. And it wasn't until a father figure taught me how to box that I honestly felt like I had had somebody say to me, you will not be in trouble if you fight back. Now, I've got to be honest, my dad, um, and I'll talk about it a little bit later. I I love my dad. Um, He didn't stop me, but there was an implied condition that he gave me that made me feel like I could not fight back. 
And then I started to fight back and I got suspended from school. Um, <laughs> so if I could go back in time, I'd say you can fight back, just don't go to excess. You don't need to break the stick off the tree and chase the guy around the <laughs> oval with it. What, what is a pivotal moment? What would you say to yourself? And I'll, I'll just allow wh- whoever wants to go first. And if none of you go, then, well, this was a terrible question. <laughs> My, mine is actually similar to, to that. Um, I, I had temper issues. Really? Yeah. That's, I would destroy things when I got angry. Mm. And... Um, my dad wasn't there to direct me in that. It took a lot of damages for me to realize that I actually need to be able to harness my emotions. Even in class, I would, uh, I would fight in class. Uh, I was very destructive. So my, my mom has always asked my wife if I don't beat her. Wow. Because of what I was. Wow. And she... Until today, she does not believe that I don't hit my wife. Wow. But um, because I, even, I, I, used, I, I used to even hit my mother growing up because I couldn't control my, 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 my emotions. But then um, my uncle, one of my uncles taught me that this is the very thing that is going to destroy you hmm. if you don't harness it. You're, you are gifted uh, you are blessed, but as long as you cannot control your emotions, you'll not go anyway. And wow. I started to think, I started to really notice that I, I got an opportunity on, on there, but because of my emotions, I couldn't sustain it. So, yeah, that's, for me, that's, that's one thing that I, I learned. And I look back today... And I'm as calm as I don't know. Dude, you are one of the calmest people I've ever met. <laughs> like, for real. Yeah. Which, which is a real encouragement to see the power of transformation. Yeah. Uh, I believe one of the great gifts that we have is that God wants to change us along the way. And He loves us enough to journey with us along the way. So uh, I would have had no idea that you were a little UFC fighter just... <laughs> taken down everybody as a kid. and But I still don't want to cross paths with you. I'll give you healthy respect, but I love that. Transformation yeah. Yeah. is possible and real. Um, gentlemen, what about yourselves? A pivotal moment, either what you would say to yourself there or even if you, you had a pivotal moment where a father figure did speak into you or, or another. Um, I can recall... One time, so I had uh, an uncle, Uncle Pete, who um, came in and he, he, was, he was a little, he was a light and he was a perspective changer for us. We'd uh, grown up on this farm, or we'd spent um, some time on this farm. Um, we were quite poor at the time. We uh, lived, Dad was working crazy hours. Um, for a couple hundred bucks a week, we were living on this farmers in their house, on their property, working for them. They had six kids. Mum was, um, she was teaching all of their, their kids were out in Tamble Up. So there were six of their kids and I'm one of four. So mum was teaching all the kids and there got to be a, a bit of a toxic sort of um, farmer is better than the worker message 
at a, at a child level that, that was being distributed. And so what started out as an adventure, there for a period of time we started to feel like we were constantly being told by the other kids, we're farmers, we inherited this farm, you're nothing, you're just a worker, you can't own a farm, we're better. Yeah. And as a kid growing up, all I wanted, I loved the farm and yeah. we wanted to have adventures, but it was, it was this message of you can't have adventure because you're just the worker. Yeah. And it was, it was quite, you know, kids can be cruel. It was, it was quite a cruel message these kids would share. And my Uncle Pete, he rocked up in his four-wheel drive, in his caravan, he had a 22 and he had rabbit traps. <laughs> and we weren't allowed to shoot or catch rabbits on the farm where we lived but he got permission for the neighbouring farm. He said, that's fine. He just, he, he broke the little rut that we were stuck in. And so wow. we went and uh, he taught us how to trap rabbits, how to um, shoot at crow's nests and run around and gave us like this new perspective and this, this lease of adventure, which continued on after he left. Yeah. But it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was an awesome little conduit. Like you were stuck and he just came in as this like little breath of fresh wow. air. It was, it was quite powerful. Yeah, it, it was a big deal. I like that, and, and and I think of this. You know, we get to be that difference if we play that part in the life of others as well. Mm. That uh, while we get to benefit from it, or some of us maybe missed out on moments like that. And, and like Chris, you were saying before, uh, your your dad uh, had left you when you were three. That sometimes the fuel for our motivation should be we get to be for others what we wish somebody had been for us. So while it's great to have those experiences, maybe some of us grew up feeling like we were hemmed in and we know what that feels like. Well, we get to be for others what we wish somebody had been for us. And the, the difference that we get to make for one another is significant. And so Chris, is there any thought that comes out to you, a pivotal moment, whether you would go back and say it to yourself or whether you had an experience of somebody helping you shift through it? I think for me, I had... My grandfather, he was, yeah, he's pretty special. He almost became my dad in a sense. Like uh, he filled the gap. Yeah. He filled the gap and he, yeah, he, like I was a little troublemaker as a kid. Unintentionally may have burned a toilet roll in a fire <laughs> at school. Yeah, I was a real troublemaker. Unintentionally. Unintentionally. I was just, how does, it, how does but, a toilet roll start burning unintentionally? Oh, you can't tell how it happened. No, no, it's it just happened. Just, just holding it. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I was a troublemaker, so a lot of my primary learning, I was, I think, mostly I was just distracted. So my foundational learning that was non-existent is spend most of the time outside the class. Like nowadays, like looking, the support that kids have, if I had that back then, I'd, it'd probably be a lot different. Yep. But, yeah, we didn't have that sort of support for those kids that can't concentrate and all this sort of stuff. Sure. So yep. I spent a lot, of it, a lot of my time outside the classroom, so therefore I didn't learn that much. Hmm. And even outside the classroom, like home life and that, I used to stress my mum out and just probably just full on. Hmm. Now I see a little bit of that in tape. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah... Yeah, someone that really made a difference was my grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. And I assume he was just that consistent. 100%. Yeah. He was that consistent and he saw past the trouble that I was. Great. Which wow. is huge. Wow. 
call out what's within us. Gentlemen, just to keep it flowing, and uh, we'll bring this to a close in a moment. You, I've invited you up here because each of you inspire me, and I admire you all. And, and I admire you for different things, and I just wanted to submit what I admire, and then uh, I, I want to ask you if, if you can recognise where that that thought of what I admire in you comes from. And uh, Rob, if I could start with you again. Um, Rob, I admire your resilient faith. You are to me the epitome of a man of faith. That whenever we have a chance to sit down and discuss, and I could be bringing the worst problems in the world to you and just seeking advice and support. And the way that you're able to shift gears from hearing about the realities of difficulties without ignoring them, but then shift gears into a heart of, we serve a God who will make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way and to lead us through. And the the greatest gift I I feel that I admire in you is that resilient faith. But I recognise the fact that, uh, like we alluded to before, that gift of faith, I, I can't imagine that was natural. I, I, I have to imagine you had to build that because the truth is you, you lost an entire family. And I, I don't know if you're comfortable to share that thought with us just quickly, but, but could, could you touch on where is this resilient faith come from in you, if you can recognise it? Uh, well, it's, it's life. <laughs> life. Life and experiences will teach you to depend more and more on God when you've tried to fight your own battles and you realize you lose every time. But then when you, my wife and I have really made up our minds from a, a long time ago that there's nothing that we would do in life without God involved. So whatever mountain we come across, whatever mountain we face, before we fight about it, before we call someone else, we, we, we pray about it. We, we trust in God. So my personal faith has grown over the years to a point that a lot of the times I don't even worry about a problem when there is a problem. I, I, I just move on. I, I remember uh, years back we were in business in a partnership, but then it didn't end well. We ended up with a huge tax debt. This is where I think my, my faith really shifted. We had a huge tax debt. I think it was about $95,000 that we needed to pay to the tax office. And uh, I will get phone calls from the tax office with threats of, uh, you know, uh, selling my house and stuff like that. And every time I'll fall sick, I'll have butterflies before I spoke to the, the, the agent from the tax office. But I remember vividly God spoke to me one night. I couldn't sleep. And God says to me, if you worry in the middle of the night, what will you solve? Is there a place that is open at night? Is the tax office open at night? You know, that shifted me completely. I, 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 I then from there onwards, I don't worry. You know, even if I, I'm not saying I ignore it, but I just know that I know that God will fix this thing. That, that's the, even when, 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 when kids are misbehaving, I just know God will fix these kids. That's, um, if I have a problem with a truck, I just know that God, is not, God, is, God has not brought me this far to put me to shame. If, if I can put it that way, God will not bless me to put me to shame. 
uh, last year we had a truck that was up north and it did, um, uh, I think the, the engine problems that were developing, but we didn't know. So the driver brought it back. We used it one day and it was stuck on the freeway. And we found out that we, need, we actually needed a new engine or rebuild that engine, which would cost us about $60,000. But I just said, God, you know. And if I tell you that the, 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 one of our customers advanced us some money to pay for the truck and stuff like with the other little savings that we had, it was all sorted. So that's, that's where my, my faith comes from. It comes from experience as well that when you look back what God has done, there's, there's really nothing impossible for him. Yeah. Come on. Mm. That's good. I love it because you live it. Mm. It's not just words, it's reality. And uh, I honour that in you. It's a re resilient faith. And uh, before we finish this conversation, I'm going to ask you to pray over us as a church, as God grows us in our own resilient faith. Yeah. Every problem we face, He can make a way. Yeah. Pori, with, with you, I, I consider you one of my closest friends. And one of the things I admire in you is your constant ability to create. Uh, you, you are, for me, the epitome of an artisan. It's not a word that we use commonly in our language now, but an artisan is somebody who creates and then turns that creation into something that makes a difference. And, uh, you know, we got to hang out. I, I don't get to do it as regularly as I used to, but I used to love and I still love going down to your cafe that your family owns, Groundswell in Mandra, which is a great drive through cafe for anybody in the region. Uh, and we're just hanging out. You're showing me what you're doing. I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And we're just getting jazzed talking about all these possibilities. And that's one of the things I, I so admire about you is that your inquisitiveness and your willingness to, to teach yourself. You taught yourself how to be a coffee roaster. I mean, it's not like you went to university and said, right, sign me up. I'm going to learn this. Give me a bachelor. No, you, you, you got a book basically. You, you connected with somebody that makes the coffee roaster and you basically just taught yourself through, through trial and error, which I, I, that is the epitome for me of creativity. That I'm not waiting for permission to do something. I'll do it and I'll learn through trial and error. It's okay to make mistakes along the way, people. You don't have to get it perfect. Just learn and... I love that about you as, uh, and you inspire me in that. But the one thing I just want to highlight, just if you're comfortable to share for a moment, you've taken hits in business. Uh, the, the coffee industry is cutthroat. People will swoop in with cafes that you've been servicing and say, hey, yeah, these people are good, but how would you like us to buy a brand new machine and give you this and that? And long-term relationships you've built can be taken from you basically on what, one or two dollars per kilo of coffee. How do you keep yourself bouncing back with that sense of creativeness, even in the midst of a fallen world, where it seems like we just get sapped of our creativity if we give up? So, I think the honest answer is the, the creativity side. That's, that's, that's the why. In, in a lot of ways, that's what that's um, that's how we got into it. I mean, coffee started as a hobby, buying green beans online, roasting them in the oven, trying burning them on the fry pan. Um, you know, getting the experimental roaster from Ubud, which is a modified barbecue. Like that 
that journey, that, that problem solving goes back to honestly how I was brought up. Um, you know, we, we grew up on a farm where I think the fir our first business venture was to uh, collect marin from the dam and we took took them into town and, you know, we, we sold some marin, but we, um, we had to figure out how to transport them, like how do you um, keep them cool without drowning and how do you, you, you get them in a, a good state in town. Um, when, um, when the farmer ran over our brand new push bikes, which we got for Christmas with the money we had been given um, by grandparents, and so we had these brand new push bikes run over and we were told it was our fault and just deal with it, these bent bicycles. I went into town with my dad and so like that, that was a bummer. He went and we bought some tube steel and we scribbled out a design for a sail cart. We basically wow. took the wheels and we made this three-wheel device where um, me and at least two of my other brothers could jump on it. One person would steer, one person we'd made this sail out of a tarp and we're out on country roads and we would fly down the road on this <laughs> dodgy thing, on this burnt, you know, mangled bike. And so it's the same thing. Like, I suppose the, the creativity side, so it went from a tragic thing, like devastating, to create. And I, I think we're here to create as people. Come on. I try and instill it in my own kids. Let's not consume. Let's, Come on. Let's create. And... Um, if someone wants to swap, you know, if I'm providing coffee to someone and they want to swap for a $20,000 bribe in marketing and $2 difference, it's fine. That, that, can't, that doesn't affect the, the creativity. Come it hurts. You know, you'll feel pain for a moment, but then you go on. And what we're looking for is, like, relationship. We want to grow um, in our friendships, in our church, in our school, yeah. in our business. We want relationships. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And relationships are more resilient than just a buck here or a buck there. Come on, man. That's yeah. good. I admire yeah. that because that's how you live. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, I mean it. I love all you guys. You guys inspire me. And Chris, to pick on you with this, um, and, and I have to give context to this sort you, I admire your consistency and that, that really does matter. That, that is a significant thing because I actually think the best husbands and fathers treat their family like a, I hope this makes sense, a constant garden. See, the, the word husband or husbandry was used throughout history to describe people that cared for the land. I don't know if you've ever heard that term, to, to husband the land. And the idea was that a, a husband would, would uh, with the land would cultivate the soil and cultivate the garden. And, and the idea of being a constant garden, uh, gardener is that the, the garden always needs some sort of work. That it's not one of these things that you set up and forget it for it to be really life-giving. That it's something that you maintain daily. And the best husbands and fathers that inspire me are men who have tapped into this idea of consistency. They, they just know how to show up. They know how to maintain. They know how to support. And they just do it over and over and over again. And what's produced is life. And Chris, what I most admire in you is you are the epitome of a constant gardener. Over the years of us journeying together, I've seen how you love your wife how you nurture her and how you cherish her. And I've seen how you've raised your boys 
and you're raising your boys. And I see that you nurture them. And what I love about you is that you give to them what you never got. And I just wanted to just highlight the fact that uh, I know that you and your wife went out for dinner last night. So again, brownie points there. The day before Father's Day, he takes his wife out for dinner. And your wife, Nat, who is our service pastor, happened to just almost eavesdrop your conversation a little bit. And she mentioned how you guys were talking and if you're comfortable to share on where you've modelled manhood from. So if I admire you as a constant gardener, that comes from somewhere. And if you wouldn't mind sharing with us, where does that come from? Okay. Um, manhood, manhood, manhood. I think some people look up. You're meant to be taught how to be a man by your father, right? But what I was shown by Pastor Antoine is that you know, people aren't perfect. No dad is ever going to be perfect. Like, I'm going to let my kids down. Like, it's, we're human. We do the best that we can. But even for me, like, I want to point my kids to for them to have their identity in our Heavenly Father. Come on. Like, because He's someone that will never let you down. Come on. He'll, he'll always, if there's going to be no one there, he's always going to be there in your, in your valleys and, his, and also on your mountains as well. So I think a big one for me was Pastor Antoine. He showed me my identity was in Christ. Yep. And if I have him, like, I can do anything. And that's exactly what I want to model for my boys. Like, yeah, yeah I can be an example, but I just want to point you upstairs. Come on. That's pivotal. Yeah, that's, that's what I want to set for them. Like, I'm not perfect, but he is. Yep. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And just to highlight, Pastor Antoine was probably the, 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 the key discipler early in your faith. Uh, him and his wife Joy were here uh, about 12 years ago. They moved on and they've planted and pioneered a church in South Africa that we support. So we actually support them on a monthly basis. Uh, but I honour that, that, that Pastor Anton didn't guide you to himself. He guided you to a relationship with Jesus. And through that, you can receive the definition you need for what it means to be a man. I honour that because here's the reality for us here today. For some of us, we grew up with a dad present. Some of us didn't. For some of us, we were able to call our dad today and say, I love you. For others, we've lost our dad. For some, we knew what a dad looked like. For others, we had no idea. And the good news is that as we come into a relationship with the living God, He's revealed Himself as Father. And there's something to that. I'd love to unpack that thought in a moment as we bring this service to a close. But Rob, before I do, could I just ask if you'd be willing just to pray over us as a congregation and if I can invite our band to come back and join us. And allow me to share just one final thought on why on earth would God reveal Himself as Father? If that's okay. I like to stand. <laughs> no, I didn't say stand up. I stand. <laughs> you can stand up if you want. Father God, we thank You in the name of Jesus. We thank You that we have such a good, good Father in You. Thank you that even in our times of distress, in the times where we are confused, 
where we don't know where we are going. We know that you are constant. You do not shift, Lord God. We thank you that you're so patient with us. You wait for us, Lord God. You're patiently calling us on, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for the gift of faith that each and every one of us received when we received Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. I pray, Lord God, that you give us the tenacity to grow this faith, Lord God, to grow it in each and everything that we do, to put you first, to know that, Lord God, even when the storm rages, we've got you on the board with us, and our board is not going to sink. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, for every father that is here, every man that is here, Lord God. I, give, I pray that you give them strength, Lord God, to become the best of whom they should be. In Jesus' name, the best father they can be to their children, the best mentor they can be to the people that they are mentoring. In the name of Jesus, the best husband that they can be, but above all, the best Christian that they can be. Yep. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, that you've ordained us as men, as fathers, as the priests of our households. In the name of Jesus, we come with the realization that, Lord God, whatever we touch as men will affect our children in some way. I pray in the name of Jesus that you give us wisdom. You give us, Lord God, the, the boldness to do that which is good in Jesus' name so we can pass it on to, our, to, the, to next generations to come. When we leave this earth, Lord God, we want to leave a name that there are men that walked here that feared God. There are men that walked here that walked in faith, that changed environments in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that even in the confusion that is in the world today, where children are taught, Lord God, things that are not to be. I pray, Lord God, that we have the confidence to teach Come our on. children what to be. In Jesus' name, as we are created, I thank you, Lord God, for everyone who runs a business here. Lord God, I pray a blessing on them. Yep. Everyone, Lord God, who teaches children, I pray a blessing over yep. them. Everyone who is employed, who is working for a company, I pray, Lord God, the blessing over that company, Lord, in the name of Jesus, for the sake of your children. I pray for those that are building homes, that are intending to build homes. I pray for those that are struggling for accommodation, even in these times, Lord God, I pray that you, you provide for them. For you say in your word, you shall not leave us nor forsake us. We thank you that you are ever there, you are always there. We may leave, but you don't. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your church. Yeah. Do as you will, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand? And we also show some honour to our dads on the couch today. Thank you so much, gentlemen. I think we're transitioning your microphones to our team, but I love you guys and I'm so grateful for you. I will take a few more minutes. Uh, leave the couch there. It's, oh, actually, no, let's, let's take it down so the team can take it. Oh, I love that. I love the candidness of that. I just wanna mention something just for a few more minutes and we're gonna close the service with worship and just wanna highlight, we have some gifts for our dads out there on the way out. Uh, I think Toberone chocolate, uh, our amazing cafe team, Sarah and the team have made mini cheesecakes for the dads today. Um, you know, just show your dad card to get them. Uh, but if I could just to seal the deal with our last few minutes together, 
I'm so mindful of all the different emotions that Father's Day can bring. I'm mindful of the single mums that are raising kids today that would wish nothing more than to have a father figure speak into the life of their kids. I'm mindful of those of us who long for a close relationship with our own dad and for whatever reason that may not be possible. And I think we're in a culture where fatherhood is under attack in many different ways. I I think if you open up your streaming service and picked a comedy today and, and, and streamed it, I can just about guarantee to you today that the fathers in that would either appear as one or two different things. On one hand, the father may be the lovable fool where he's funny and he's hilarious, but he's not somebody that you can rely on because he's constantly making mistakes and a fool of himself. Or on the other hand, the the father is this, this aloof, angry and unapproachable person. And it seems like we're in a battle for fatherhood and what it means to have a father. That a father is something so much more than that. And it's not lost on me that of all the terms God in His goodness could be referred to as, in Jesus, He is revealed to us as Father. I want you to understand this for a moment that God could have said to us in Jesus to be revealed as Master, call me Master, call me, call me Boss, call, call, me, call me Lord. And you'll find different terms throughout Scripture of how people referred to God and significant ones too, Yahweh, the One who is that He is and all the different terms, but the greatest term ever revealed and how we can approach God for ourselves is that in Jesus, God is revealed as Father. Why does that matter? It matters because at its core, we all need a Heavenly Father. Every single one of us, we have had a close relationship with your earthly Father or not. We are all in need of a Heavenly Father. A Father who loves perfectly, who provides perfectly, who guides perfectly. A Father that we can lean on and learn to be like. A Father who will set the example by leading us along the way. And it's not lost on me that Jesus in modelling this in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 to 17, and we will bring this to a close in a moment, but I have to lay this bare before you. That today matters, not just because it's Father's Day. Today matters because every day we have an opportunity to experience and know our Heavenly Father. And Jesus modelled this when it says, when He was baptised, before He'd done any public ministry, before He'd healed the sick, before He'd cast out demons, before He'd started preaching the Kingdom of God, He was baptised, baptised in water, brought down and brought up. And it says this, when Jesus was baptised, He went up immediately from the water and the heavens suddenly opened for Him and He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on Him. And it says then, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. That statement, this is, is my beloved Son. That word beloved means to be loved, to be valued, to be esteemed. Do you know that every one of us, whether we're a son or a daughter, 
whether we grew up with an intact family or not, desperately need to know that we are loved and esteemed, that we are of value, that we are of worth. And here in the example of a relationship of the Son and the Father, we see the Father saying to the Son, this is, this is my beloved Son. This is the one that I esteem. This is the one that I value. This is the one. He is worthy of love because I wanna give it. And it's not lost on me before He did anything to earn it. He had not started His public ministry yet. Before He did anything, He was worthy of love because the Father wanted to give it. It's the Father who validates. Not because of what's been done or hasn't been done, but because of the esteem that He puts on those that He considers His beloved. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. What does that mean, well pleased? He means He's happy, means He approves, means that He is proud of. And again, before Jesus had done any public ministry, the Father is already ecstatic with who He is before He's done anything that we would say to earn it. And why do I read that to us as we seal the deal on Father's Day 2023? Because it's not lost on me that if you read on to the book of Matthew, you go past chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, you'll find chapter 6. It's funny how numbers work like that. And in chapter 6, the people closest to Jesus come to Him with an urgent question. Because they've watched the way that He lives, they've watched the way that He acts. And they see that as an intimate relationship with God, something that they themselves don't have and they desperately want. And so what do they do? They say, Jesus, Jesus, will You, will, will You teach us how to pray? How do you connect with God? How, how do you know that you're the beloved? How do you know that He's well? How do you pray? Because we feel like we're living life disconnected and cut off. We want what you've got. How do you do it? And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, here's how you do it. Pray like this. He wasn't giving them a formula for prayer. He wasn't saying you have to pray this. He was saying pray like this. Approach prayer like this. Number one, this is what He says. This is how you start it. This is how you start this prayer. This is how you start it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Your Name. And it flows on Your Kingdom come, Your will be done. But, but I, I can't go there without going to the beginning. Here's how it starts, our Father. And I have to highlight to you, Jesus did not say, My Father. He didn't teach His disciples to pray by saying to them, I'll teach you about My Father. No, I'll teach you about our Father. Our Father. Jesus modelled what it is to have a relationship with God because you can have one just the same. Because here's the truth, the heart of God is this over you. You are my beloved. You are my beloved in whom I am well pleased. And church, we desperately need to embrace the fact that fatherhood matters and the ultimate fatherhood of all is that every single one of us no matter our background or circumstance, need a heavenly Father. Can I invite you to stand to your feet as we seal the deal today?
May we celebrate the father figures in our world. May we honour the dads around us. But more than that, may we embrace the fact that we are beloved. You are esteemed, you are valued, you are worth the love of God. Not because of anything you've done to earn it, but because of who He is and who He validates you to be. That He approves of you because He's proud of who you can be in Him and allow Him to lead you on. And I just wanna seal the deal with a, a short bit of worship and prayer and we'll release the service. But I wanna say this, if you have yet to encounter the love of God found in Him as the Father, do not move past this Father's Day without doing that. If you even find now that you've been following God for a long time, but a division is set up, could you audit yourself by saying, do I receive God as my Father still? Do I believe that I'm worth it? Do I believe that He values me? Do I believe that He esteems me? Do I believe in what He says about me? And allow yourself to come into an alignment with that. Do not rush off without auditing where you stand with Him. Can I just ask you to close your eyes as we pray? Father God, I just thank You for the opportunity we have to worship You and to honour You. I thank You that of all the things You've revealed Yourself to us as, You have revealed Yourself to us as our Heavenly Father. So Lord, I ask in that, that each and every one of us would receive what that means that we would receive our identity from You, that we would draw who we are from You, that we would run to You when we need refuge and strength, that we would seek You for our provision and our protection, and that we would invite You to be our guide, that You would shape us and mould us by Your Spirit into being the people we are called to be. Father God, may we not lose sight of the honour we have to call You Father. Hallowed be Your Name. It is so valuable, this gift that we have in You and we honour You for it. And so Lord God, we just take a moment now just to rest in it and receive it. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.